Hello, my dears. Welcome back to Main Character Energy with Josephine Moon. It's moi, moi, moi. It's me, 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 Josephine. This week, yes, it's late. Like, build a bridge and get over it. That's life. Um, This week's episode is going to be quite the whammy, the punch in the face because so much has gone on in this past week and a half and I'm so glad that I was late because so much happened yesterday. And this week's episode is going to be, I know you guys come to me for such positive energy to lift you guys up, wink, wink. But this week's episode is gonna be problematic as hell because I'm gonna be saying some wildly unpopular opinions that should be popular. But if you're listening to this podcast, it means that you have taste. So I think you're gonna understand where I'm coming from and what I'm feeling. So there's a lot going on. So much going on. I don't even know where to begin. But before we pop into the stories, because there's actually quite a lot of them. So gird your loins, my dears. We're getting into it. I went to a local restaurant yesterday because in New York, they have indoor dining again, which we love to see. We're breathing it. We're licking it on the floor. We're so happy. But I went to this place yesterday because I was like, I feel like I want a margarita. I know I'm not supposed to be drinking for a little while, but... Ugh, it's been a week, it's been a life, it's been a year, and we're only in mid-February. So, I put on some clothes, I put on a little fit, you know? And I go to this place fairly close to my apartment, and I order myself a little margarita. And you know what? I really don't appreciate when they bring you drinks in not the proper glassware. When you get a margarita, it's supposed to be in like a regular kind of cup. I don't know the proper termage for it because I'm not a bartender. Um, but they brought it to me in a martini glass and I just, I really don't appreciate that. It's weird, it's unfortunate. It's also very sloppy because once I start drinking tequila, yay, 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 things start happening. So I don't really need a drink that's, sorry. I don't really need a glass that's so sloosh, sloosh, sloshy around when I'm trying to be dramatic, okay? So PSA for anyone. Please put the drinks in the proper glassware. That's all I'm asking for. Another hot take, if you will. You know, I think we should be proud to not want to work because that's where I am. That's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm vibing. That's what's shooting through my veins. Retiring at a very, very young age. I don't really want to work. I've tried it. I've dipped my toe into the what we call the working world, and I don't enjoy it. I would like to remove myself, but still somehow have millions of dollars in my account. So if the Lord would like to do that for me, I sis, I would be ever so grateful. And if there's anyone listening that just like came into a lot of money and they're just like, wow, I really want to give it away to a super beautiful, stunning, absolutely flawless podcaster. I'll give you my information because I'm just tired of working. I'm tired of talking to people at work, having them show me pictures of their babies and their dogs. Like I didn't ask. I don't care. I would like to be removed from this conversation. And I just can't because you have to be nice. Don't want it. Don't need it. Return it. <sighs> I'm tired of clocking in, clocking out checking my email on the weekends to make sure everything's correct. Like, honey, that is not my lifestyle. Who, who, who said that we have to do this? Because I don't want to. Oh, wow. I'm really, I'm really giving you guys an inside look into who I am, and I hope you enjoy it. I really do. Um, I really don't want to giggle and gaggle and people and popple anymore because there's so much to talk about. So let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by My Bar Card, introducing my drink, the Mimosa. 
Just kidding. Okay, so the first topic we're going to talk about is... Also, this episode is going to be very Kardashian-centric, and if you didn't think it was, I'm sorry for you. Kendall Jenner has announced that she has a tequila brand, 818. Her caption reads, For almost four years, I've been on a journey to create the best-tasting tequila. After dozens of blind taste tests, trips to our distillery, entertain... I'm sorry entering into world tasting competitions anonymously and winning 3.5 years later i think we've done it this is all we've been drinking for the last year and i can't wait for everyone else to get their hands on this to enjoy it as much as we do drink 818 coming soon and there has been a lot of backlash about it and i am not of the latin american background obviously so i can't fully speak to what they're feeling but a lot of people from mexico or mexican families are saying that this is in some way cultural appropriation um and that it's gentrification of tequila some tweets have been said Kendall Jenner starting a tequila brand with zero knowledge of Mexican culture and calling it 818 tequila is gentrification. The 818 does not claim Calabasas. What about those smaller family-owned Mexican tequila mezcal, sorry, mezcal brands? They deserve the hype and support. Other people are saying, tired of the celebrity tequila craze. WTF does Kendall Jenner know about tequila? My family's been doing back-breaking work in the fields for their entire lives in Jalisco. Just for people to come dip their toes, stay in your lane. Others are saying something about Kendall Jenner making tequila rubs me the wrong way, like the idea of white celebrities taking from local Mexican artisans, artisans and profiting off our tradition and agricultural business, yet only visit Cabo and Puerto Vallarta for vacation spots, and not to mention profit off the brown hands that actually plant, grow, harvest, ferment, and distill the agave plants in Jalisco. So obviously you can see that a lot of people are not happy about it, and might be an unpopular opinion, but I do not think it's that big of a deal. If you look into it and you see that she's not properly paying the people that are making this and doing all the work behind it as well, then we can get up in arms saying that she's not, that she's profiting off of these people. But if you pay someone to do something for you and it's properly paid and they accept, I don't think that you can say that they're profiting off of it. Um, I also think it's not that big of a deal just because there are so many other celebrities that have made alcohol brands such as Nick Jonas has Villa One Tequila, Ryan Reynolds Aviation Gin, Sean Diddy Combs Puff Daddy has Ciroc, George Clooney has Casamigo that everyone drinks, Bethany Frankel has Skinny Girl, Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul have their own mezcal company, and a bunch of other celebrities have wines and gins and tequilas and Hennessy's and whatever that they have as well and you never see any backlash against it. And I, even though I do love the Kardashians and they can be very, very problematic in some ways with taking from other people's culture and making it a thing and making it fine, I do think this is one thing that we just, we need to calm down about because not everything has to be such a problem. A lot of these other celebrities, as I said, have a tequila, a mezcal company, and no one's coming for them. You don't see a bunch of think pieces and tweets and articles saying it's cultural appropriation, it's gentrification. Like what it, most of these people are white who have tequila and mezcal and gin companies. None of them are getting that kind of backlash or did whenever they had something come out. So I think if you're gonna treat one person one way, you have to treat every other celebrity the same way when they come out with something. Like you also have to do the homework before you are looking 
and making all these tweets and comments about it saying that they didn't do any of the work. You can't just assume because in the past or there are some things going around, you need concrete proof before you just come out saying it's this, it's that, it's that. So I think everyone needs to calm down. I am quite intrigued to taste this tequila. It is wildly expensive, so I'm gonna have to break into the bank to try this, but I do love tequila and I'm, I will be tasting it and I probably won't be buying it all the time because it's like $60 and girl, I'm not that invested in the company, but I think this makes sense for her. All of her other sisters are in fashion, makeup, and I think it's really smart that she didn't go the same way as doing like another makeup line. We have a million makeup lines. I'm tired of seeing them. They're all pretty much the same. So it's quite interesting that she went in this route because I feel like that is her kind of persona. She's also a Scorpio, so shout out to her. But she is kind of the party girl sister. She likes to go out. She likes, like, she likes to have a good time. She likes to pop off, and you do see her drinking all the time. So this does make sense for her, and you know what, hats off to you. I know a lot of people are coming for her and saying all types of things, but you know what? I think everyone needs to calm down and take a breather, maybe have a sip of something to drink, because I know I am, and let it go, okay? Second story is about the next sister, not Kim just yet. We're gonna talk about Courtney. She has finally come out and said that she is dating Travis Barker from, was it Blink-182, I think? They have been friends for a very long time. Apparently their kids have little play dates and have for a very long time. And it's been speculated that they were dating, but we didn't know. But she finally let us know on Instagram, both of them posted. And they're a very strange couple. I think we can all agree that Courtney has horrible taste in men, that little, horrible moment in time when she was dating Justin Bieber and a bunch of other random people, Jonas and some other random people that I don't know or care about. But do we think this relationship is gonna last? Probably not. I don't see this working for her, but good for her, I guess. It's, it's just very dull. She really is the least interesting of them all. And that's not a bad thing, honestly. That's not a bad thing. I think she's a good mother. I think she's an okay sister <laughs> and she has her little poosh thing, like good for her. She's healthy eating, healthy whatever. But is this relationship the relationship that's just gonna shake us to our core? I don't think so. Do I ship them? Not really. He's a very interesting looking human being. They do not look good together. Aesthetically, I'm not vibing with it, but if that's what Courtney wants, go for it, girl. Not really that interesting, but just had to make a note about it, even though I know we're all shipping her and Scott to get back together one day, but Scott is just, out here dating 17 year olds who can barely even drink. Like he needs to get together ASAP so they can be back together and we can just let that die, okay? Now onto the story that ugh, I'm gonna spend too much time talking about because I am floored. I did make this prediction like four or five episodes ago that Kim and Kanye were gonna get divorced. Like this was the end. And I was correct. Kimberly Noel Kardashian has filed for a divorce as of February 19th, 2021. And even though we're not shocked, we are kind of heartbroken because I was kind of hoping that I was going to be wrong about this. But the signs were all pointing there. They haven't really lived together in nearly a year. They don't really spend that much time together anymore. And the times that we do see them together, it looks strained and forced. So <sighs> I'm very sad about this because I want the best for Kim. I think I'm very slowly, if not very fast, becoming a Kimberly Kardashian apologist. And I don't even care or mind about it because I love this woman for some reason. I know she was a joke and I thought the same thing, but she has just come such a long way that I have nothing but respect for this woman. And I know everyone's gonna try and make this a 
she just can't deal with his bipolar and is this fair, is this right? Like, we can't do that. This woman has done so much with Kanye and for Kanye and apologizing for him and all the comments he's made, but it's just not, it's just not happening. It really isn't. And it's heartbreaking, honestly, because they have four kids, North Chicago Psalm Saint, and it is really sad to see another broken family in the Kardashian home. They are really good about the relationships that they have with their fathers or the exes. So we're gonna see how this goes. I don't really see Kanye being the most active in their lives, but maybe he is and we just don't know. She has filed for joint custody and to keep the the prenup the same. She's not, neither of them are contesting it. So I think this is gonna be a very smooth divorce and a, probably a very quick one. I'm just very sad about it. I'm also just very intrigued to see how this is gonna actually go on and if we're gonna see this in the new supposed Kardashian show on Hulu that's I'm assuming coming 2022 or the end of this year since the new show is gonna start in a few weeks. I wonder if they're actually going to record them divorcing and all the rumors that have happened with him and Jeffree Star. I'm intrigued to see how this is gonna go, but I'm very heartbroken for Kim. She's just been doing so much. And I think it's honestly the best decision for them. Kanye has clearly been in a bad place and his mental health just doesn't seem to be getting better. It's a lot of back and forth and that's how mental health is. And it's really hard and it's straining on a family, but I just don't think she can do that anymore for the kids and for her mental health as well. So I think it just makes sense for them to be getting divorced, but it is very sad that he's gonna be by his lonesome in Wyoming and his little ranch, just like not being a part of anything. And I think that's his biggest flaw is that he wasn't really able to blend himself into the family. I think that would have helped him a lot because he doesn't really have that much of a family. Obviously his mom passed away like what, 10 years ago maybe from plastic surgery altercations, which is very sad. I think it's also very strange because he just doesn't have anyone around him. And this would have been a great opportunity for him to like have a family that's there that loves him, but he just didn't seem to really blend in. And they also, they always just kind of seemed weird around him and like weren't able to like really speak to him. And it's just, it was just odd. It was very odd to the few times we saw him on the show with the family, it was awkward and uncomfortable. So, oh, all the best to Kim. And honestly, all the best to Kanye. You know, I don't really care too much about Kanye. I do hope that one day his mental health gets to a better place in his life where he can be stable with his children and in his life. But RIP to that relationship. I know everyone is just gonna be making fun of Kim. Like this is her third divorce. She got married, which many people don't know. Or maybe they do, I don't know. She got married to like Damien Thomas in 2000 and they were married or together for four years. And then obviously Chris Humphrey for 72 days. And then Kanye, they met and started dating pretty soon after that. I don't think this was her fault. I just think, I just want the best for Kim. I really do. I don't know why, I just really do. I think she's doing so much good out there. And yes, there are a lot of problematic things that she and the family does, but you know what? We gotta take everything with a grain of salt. So let's move on and wish the best for them. In other news that I just, hate talking about these people. I really do. Megan and Harry are having their next baby, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? I just, the absolute disgust I have for them knows no bounds, truly. And I'm not being dramatic. I'm actually being polite with saying that because 
Ugh, let's just read it. Duchess Meghan, pregnant with baby number two with Prince Harry reveal has a connection to Diana. They announced on February 14th, I believe, which was the same day that Diana had announced that she was having Harry in 1984. Wow, that's amazing, insane. Like they're so groundbreaking and so original. Um, I'm just not interested. I'm really not interested. And I know this is supposed to be breaking world news because they might be having the baby in America and this will be the first royal. This will be the first baby that could possibly one day become president and also be a member of the royal family. Honestly, it's not interesting. It's not interesting. And honestly, it'll be a slap to the face if they have this baby in America. I'm assuming they will because Megan is just vile to me, but I'm assuming they will even though I'm sure my beautiful, precious queen is just begging them to have this baby in London somewhere and then they can go back to living in the squalors that they are. But they're having their baby, good for them boring. However, they've also announced recently that they are no longer a part of the family. Now I know Megxit happened nearly a year ago, but that's when that was announced. They were just saying that they were going to be stepping back from doing a lot of royal duties and it has officially been said they are no longer a part of the royal family. They'll have no, they'll have none of the duties anymore. <laughs> duties. But honestly, who even cares? They're just so irrelevant to me. They're so despicable. There was vermin on the ground. I can't even get into how much I dislike them. If you can't already tell the disrespect that they are giving to Elizabeth, who has done so much in her, what, like 80 years of being a queen and they just can't do as they're told. Oh my God ungrateful peasants. I just can't be bothered with them. Anywho, they're going to be doing a, I don't know if it's gonna be a tell-all, but they're gonna be doing a sit-down interview with Oprah in the next two months. And I don't think they're gonna spill that much tea because, well, maybe they will. They're no longer a part of the royal family in any type of way, but maybe they will give us something more. I don't think they will because if they do, it'll just kind of tell us who they really are. And by them, I really just mean Megan. Harry's just there, he's always been just there. He's irrelevant and despicable to me, but the real villain will always be Megan. It's always a Megan. It's always a Megan somehow. Sorry if it offends any Megans out there, but I don't care, you should change your name. Oh my God, I can't, I just can't even talk about them. They disgust me to my core. Ugh! Okay, next story, another royal story. Prince Philip, the 300 year old man that he is, was put in the hospital over last weekend. He wasn't feeling well and they were just taking precautions. But like this man is 99 years old and he's not even stepped back from the public life. Like this man is just, he's gonna outlive all of us. I don't know how, I don't know what the royals have in their bloods, especially the king and the queen, or I guess prince and queen. But like, they are gonna outlive us all. I know, you know what? This is my, this is my theory because we all hate Charles so much. Don't get me started on that rant. It's probably where Harry gets all this, dis ugh, whatever. I think that the queen is trying to outlive Charles so he will not in any shape or form be on the throne so that she can just hand it down to the love of our lives, William, because William knows what he's supposed to do. He respects the crown. He respects the loyalty. I just, whatever. I think she's trying to outlive Charles and I think it can be done because like Charles is, I don't think he has the same genes as his family. Like he's gonna be croaking anytime soon, which will be sad for some, but not for many. And 
then we can just like be happy and she can step down and she can drink her gin and tonics and walk her little dogs and go play with her horses and just be happy and not worry about what's coming next because she has trained William perfectly, perfectly. And that's what we need. We need a new reign, but it can't be Charles. It can't, it shan't, it won't be Charles. That's my prediction. Fingers crossed, every part of your body's crossed that she outlives him or he, no, no, she just has to outlive him because I don't want to see him at all in any shape or form. So let's move on to the next story. Emma Stone is going to be bringing to life one of Disney's most iconic villains. Hear the sarcasm in my tone, Cruella. So we've seen the, oh my God. So we've seen the first trailer for Cruella and I must say that I am very confused on why they're kind of giving us a prequel to 101 Dalmatians because this woman is supposed to be like, so evil that she wants to kill these dogs to make a jacket. So how are they gonna show us something that's gonna make us feel for her in some type of way that makes it okay for her to wanna kill these dogs to make a jacket? I'm a bit confused by that storyline on how that's gonna go, but I'll be watching, not happily, but I'll be watching. There was this tweet that was saying, are they really gonna do like a girl boss version of Cruella? For what reason? Like, I don't wanna see this. We don't, I don't really know who's asking to see this. I also think it's kind of weird because they did um, the origin story of Sleeping Beauty with Maleficent with Angelina Jolie, and that was a really good movie. But I think there's a big difference between that and wanting to kill animals to have a dog that you become so ravenous about it. Like that's just a weird story to pick to do an origin story of. It's just very strange to me. Do you ever watch a movie with an actress and that movie is just like so horrible to you and like, somehow so disrespectful to you that you just don't like them ever again. That's how I feel about Emma Stone. I feel like I loved her, not a lot, that's a way bit dramatic, but I feel like I liked her a lot. She did a lot of bops, some some good movies, and then I will die on the soapbox, but like I absolutely despise La La Land in every way, fashion, and form, despise it. And the fact that she won an Oscar for it is just, outlandish to me. So since then, I just like, I do not like her. I don't, I just, I don't. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I know so eloquent, but like, I just have nothing else to say about it. She just bothers me to my core. And this movie is just strange to me. Very, very strange. I'm intrigued to see how they're going to do this to try and make it seem as though what she does later on, supposedly in the movies is okay, but it's an odd choice. A very, very odd choice that I, I just don't understand. Je suis confusé. You know what I mean? Oh, whatever. Okay, next story. I told you guys there's going to be a lot of unpopular opinions in this episode. I did warn you. And here comes my next one. Well, I've kind of already spoken about this. So we did talk about the Sex and the City reboot that's coming later this year, I believe. And so it begins. And we already know that Kim Cattrall, who plays Samantha Jones, is not going to be in it. Chris Noth, who plays Mr. Big, is not going to be in it as well. And so is the guy who plays Steve. What's his name? David Eigenberg, I think his name is. He will not be returning for the show either. So it's like, who is returning for the show? You don't have Mr. Big. You don't have Samantha. You don't have Steve. And I feel like we've gone on such a ride with those three characters in particular with the women, that it is gonna be very strange to not see them there. We watched six seasons and two horrific movies of Carrie trying to find the one who was Mr. Big all along, which is problematic, but we'll get into that later. 
and we finally come to a conclusion that she wants to be with him. They're not going to have kids. They're going to be happy with that. They're going to try to spice up their lives a little bit more, not be such boring, not be such a boring old couple. And that's the conclusion we came to at the end of the second movie. And now we're going to find out that the new show, she, he's not even going to be there. I'm assuming there's no way they're going to get divorced because if we took that ride for them to just end up getting divorced, I will boycott in the streets for this. This is insane. So I'm assuming they're gonna kill him off, which is even more disrespectful. And what are they gonna do with Steve? Like, what's gonna happen to Steve? If he, supposedly he's gonna be popping in the show, maybe once or twice, but he's not gonna be in the show at all, barely. Which is confusing as well, because what is gonna be Miranda's storyline then? What is gonna be her storyline? She has a child that's probably gonna be, I don't know, maybe a teenager at this point. So where, where's Steve gonna be? He's not gonna be non-existent? Let me guess, the guy who plays Harry, Charlotte's husband isn't gonna be in it either. They're all somehow gonna be divorced or their partners all magically died and then Samantha isn't there. This is just shaping up to be like the worst reboot in history. And I'm, I'm not intrigued by this at all. It really seems like Sarah Jessica Parker really just wanted to do this and no one else did. And they were like, well, if Sarah wants to do it, we'll do it. And it's just shaping up to be an absolute mother effing mess. I, I don't think this is gonna be, there's gonna be a second season to this. From what it's sounding like so far, this is gonna be a one, not even a hit wonder. It's just gonna be a one flop wonder and it's gonna be very embarrassing. Very embarrassing. Okay. That's all I really have to say on that because I've spoken about how much I don't like reboots and that's just all that seems to be happening these days, but I've already ranted about that. So on to the next story, which is gonna be maybe possibly my most problematic thing that I have said on this show or unpopular opinion. And I wanna apologize to anyone who was a fan of this artist, but I'm about to come for her throat. Demi Lovato has brain damage after suffering three strokes and a heart attack following her 2018 overdose. Everything had to happen in order for me to learn the lessons I learned. <sighs> so let me get all the nice things I have to say. Well, admirable things I have to say out of the way before I dive into this. What I want to call an expose in a way. I think one of the good things about Demi Lovato is that she is generally kind of an open book. And she does have a lot of fan, a lot of young fans, I should say, because she obviously did start on Disney Channel and kind of went from there. But I think one of the things that really frustrates me, oh, Linda, hold on, sorry, <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> I couldn't even do it very long. Um, she has a lot of young fans, as I was saying. And I think one of the good things about her is that she is very transparent and very open about her addiction and her struggles and her problems and the effects that come with it. So the younger people that are following her don't follow in her footsteps in that way. And I think that is very admirable because I think, I believe that there's a lot of other celebrities who kind of go through this type of thing and don't ever say anything about it. And they just kind of move on and pretend it didn't happen. I feel like Selena Gomez is kind of one of those people. She has had problems with alcohol and drugs, but she's never spoken about it. And it's very frustrating because she has gone to re I'm talking about something to go here. She has gone to rehab multiple times, but they always say it's for something completely different, even though there are a lot of blinds and allegedly things that are being said that it was drugs, it was this, it was that. And I think that is very damaging, especially if you have a very young audience or a young audience that kind of follows you into their adulthood or whatever. I think that is one good thing. 
about Demi Lovato is that she is very honest. She has had three, I think this will be her third documentary, and she's, how old am I? I think she's like 27, 28 maybe. She's a few years older than me because I'm a young woman. <laughs> but she has had about three documentaries in her career kind of stating what's been going on. The last doc documentary that she did was, I think three or four years ago on YouTube, and she was kind of talking about her time on American Idol, and she, at that point, I don't know if it was a halfway house, but she was living in something similar where she was like going through a rehab at the time and she was going on American Idol, then she was going home or to the house and having sessions with a bunch of other people while she was struggling with addiction and a bunch of other things. And we didn't know about that, but she told us about it in the last documentary. And she's told us a bunch of other things that she struggled with and the drugs and the whatever and people that she was around. And I think that is very admirable for her to be very open. That's all I have to say on the nice part of it. However, one of my issues with her is that in each documentary that she has, she's always saying that the last documentary wasn't completely true because she wasn't able to say this and that, which kind of negates the whole honesty thing. Because yes, we know for the past, I don't know, eight or nine years, maybe longer, that she has had struggles with addiction and a bunch of other things in her life. But it's just really frustrating to keep seeing documentaries of her saying, of her being as open and honest as humanly possible. And then we get another documentary two years, two years later saying, well, that wasn't completely true. I was still doing this, this and that. And she, I feel like she's one of those girls who just wants to be loved. I, I remember something about her family and her background, but I feel like she's just one of those people who just wants to be loved that she kind of gets herself in really bad situations and really bad people. And it's really hard to come out of it. And I have met people like that. I've even dated people like that. And it is really hard but it's just really frustrating to see, which yes, I know it's an addiction, it's whatever. I understand that completely, believe me. She's constantly telling us one thing and then the next day it's something completely different or a few years later it's completely different. And I'd rather it just be very open and honest in the moment and that's that. Not another documentary two years later saying, well, half of that wasn't completely true. I was just lying because I was this, this and that. And it's just like, girl, don't put on a documentary if it's not completely true. That's how I feel. Documentary is supposed to be generally facts, you know? And especially if you're, if, especially if the documentary is on your life, it should be facts, true facts that are happening right now and in the past, not skewed versions of it or half truths. Like I don't want to see that if this documentary that's about to come out in two months or a month or whatever on YouTube is not complete facts and we're getting another documentary in another three years saying, well, some of those things weren't true either. I'm going to lose my mind as you probably are just trying to listen to that sentence because it's insane. I just... I don't know why, I just have such a disdain for her for some reason. And I think it's just because she's always giving half truth and she's always playing up this, she's always playing up this whole sympathy thing, like victim thing. And I just, I'm not buying it and I'm not believing it. I applaud her somewhat honesty or her version of honesty and bravery. At some point, it's just like, stop telling people what you want them to know and think about you and just, live your life and do what you need to do to be better. And then once you're truly in a place where you've grown and you're not struggling with the same things and it's not as hard of an addiction to overcome, then you can come out with a documentary saying, this is my truth and that's it. I don't need to see a documentary on your life every two years and it's completely different from the one beforehand. Do you guys get where I'm coming from on this? Because I just, I rant about this every few weeks or months anytime something comes out about her and it just, it just irritates me. And then her whole like fake engagement to this wannabe social climber, Max, whatever his name is, like 
that was just embarrassing. And I know she made a joke about it a few years, a few months later at some award show. It was just like, girl, everything is just wrong. And like, who are you around that is not pointing you in the right direction at this point in your life? You've had family and friends like take you to rehabs. You've had overdose, apparently heart attacks as well. And it's just like, girl, whoever you're around and whatever's going on, like the therapy that you're doing is not hitting it properly. Like you need to get to the depth of it because I just, I don't want to keep hearing about this. I really don't. That might sound really cruel and mean and like tough love, but I don't really want to keep hearing about it. Go work on yourself. Like take some time. If it takes a few years and that's fine. And then come back because you doing therapy for like, a, I'm sorry, you doing rehab or therapy or whatever for like a month or two. And then you're suddenly magically better and have overcome this addiction is wildly inaccurate. And you telling people that is also wildly inaccurate as well. In this documentary that's coming out called Damon Lovato, Dancing with the Devil, she says, I was left with brain damage. I still deal with effects of that today. I don't drive a car because I have blind spots on my vision. And I also for a long time have had a really tarm have had a really hard time reading. It was a big deal when I was able to read out of a book, which was like two months later because my vision was so blurry. I dealt with a lot of repercussions and I feel like they are still to remind me of what could happen if I get into a dark place again. I'm grateful for those reminders, but I'm so grateful that I was someone that didn't have to do a lot of rehabbing. The rehabbing came on the emotional side. And that's what I mean. Like she just keeps saying that she keeps doing a bunch of rehab, but like we keep hearing about these slips or problems that's going on. And I want to make it very clear that I understand addiction is a very hard thing to overcome and it can take years upon years. It can destroy families and lives and whatever. I am well aware of this, but I think it's also very damaging the way she's kind of portraying it in a way. And that, as I've said, she goes to rehab, she comes back, she's fine. And then like a few months later, we're hearing that she's in the hospital. Like it's just a lot going on. And who knows, maybe I'm just like triggered because I've, I've encountered this in my life with people and it's just very frustrating to watch and see. I just, I think a lot of young people or younger people that have grown up in the spotlight and then they come out and they've had a bunch of issues. Everyone knows child stars like have these problems, but it's just really sad because I feel like even though they have a lot of yes men around them and they're open to a lot of experiences and things that they would have never imagined and things that are deemed okay and fun and whatever become problems later on. It's just really sad that they have no one around them who wants the best for them and not just what they can get from them. And it's really sad and I understand that that could be heartbreaking and I feel like we see that in her a lot because she always is wanting to just be loved and to be happy but then something happens and you kind of spiral but it's also just very frustrating when you're, what it feels like you're playing the victim a lot of the time when what seems like you should be doing, you only do for a certain amount of time and then leave. I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist or whatever you're supposed to be to diagnose these things, but I just believe that the work that she should be doing on herself needs to be a lot longer and whoever's around her telling her that it isn't needs to be removed from her life and her career because it's just it doesn't seem like it's going to last her very long and that's all i'm going to say on that because that's already enough you know what i mean a few weeks ago i told you guys that there was movies of the month and the two movies were malcolm and marie and promising young woman and I watched Malcolm and Marie, I think the very next day that I put out the episode and I wanted to cry that I had rec 
recommended this movie to you guys because it was so horrific to me. And I'm going to dive into it. And I hope you watched it because if you haven't watched it, then come back to this part of the episode later after you watched it. But I feel like it's, um, well, I don't know if it's something people should watch. Honestly, I don't know. I have not watched Promising Young Woman yet. I'm going to watch it this week and I will be reviewing it next episode. But we are going to talk about Malcolm and Marie today. And I, I do want to formally apologize to everyone who has watched it or will eventually watch it. Because I don't want to say it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Because I have seen worse. But it was just, it was heartbreaking and very difficult and hard to watch. I don't like when there's a movie made that's supposed to be about black people and it's written by a white person. And I think that might be one of my biggest critiques about this movie is that it's not realistic. I think it's realistic in the way that it's a very toxic relationship. And that seems very true because I've seen that before. But the conversations and the monologues that they were having that was probably supposed to be super profound and like a deep dive into who they are just was not realistic at all. And I could tell that it was written by a white person because black people, one, don't speak like this. They don't argue like that. They have conversations when things are being said to that degree to, to you. And if you've seen the movie, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And I had this discussion with my friend, Emily Page, and I was like, it just, it doesn't feel authentic, which is ironic because in the movie they have a whole spiel about black people being authentic or movies being authentic or something like that. I'm trying to block it out. But it was just really frustrating because you have these two black people. One of them is, a re I guess, a recovering addict. I'm not really sure if it was supposed to be portrayed that way, but she was a recovering addict. And then her boyfriend was this up and coming movie director, writer. And they were coming back from his premiere and it's just like an hour and a half. I, it's honestly like a play. It didn't, it didn't feel like a movie. It feels like plays that I've seen just because it's two people in a house kind of having monologues back and forth to each other and not really together. But they're coming back from this premiere or whatever for him and they get into this whole argument about him not giving her any respect or any thanks. And it's just like five minute monologues of each of them saying how they feel about the other person and then nothing's ever addressed. And I'm like, what is this movie? There's just screaming and belittling. And I don't understand why, ev not everyone, because I feel like this movie is one of those movies that's 50-50. Some people really loved it and some people were like, this is the worst movie ever. Like, I don't want to see two people fighting and arguing for an hour and a half. And there have been other movies made similar to like this, like Revolutionary Road with um, Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet, where they're kind of just yelling at each other most of the movie. But there's other things going on to kind of make it not as aggressive, but this one was just an hour and a half of screaming and attacking, and there was absolutely no love in this relationship. And they both needed each other in such a horribly toxic way, and they couldn't leave each other for some reason. So it was just very frustrating. The ending was just, oh my God. But I did not enjoy this movie just because it wasn't real. It wasn't real at all. And if you saw the movie, I feel like you can understand where I'm coming from. Back to my original point of, I don't like when Caucasian men or women write a movie for black people. And maybe, and I know because I've seen interviews of Zendaya and David Washington talking about and how they had a lot of input in the conversations being had. But in general, it was written by a white man who had black people kind of consult on it. 
and it was not real or authentic in any type of way, just because that's just not how black people speak to each other. And I just, oh my God, I'm sorry, it's gonna be all over the place. The way he wrote it was like, I'm a white man writing what I think black people would talk about in this conversation. And then I'll talk to two black people and see what input they have and then I'll put it in there, but it's still gonna be coming from a white frame. And it's very interesting because in the movie, David, the, the male main character is talking about a reporter who is white talking about how this is gonna be this type of black movie and why does it always have to come from this type of oppression or whatever? And I, I need that to stop happening. I was hoping this was gonna be like kind of a lovely love story of two people who have hardships, but they overcame it together in some type of way. That would have been great to see because we don't really have many of those for black people. That's not like, oh, they're from the hood or they're slaves or they're this or they're that. Like we don't get a modern, normal love story of two people that are African-American. And it's just very frustrating to see. I don't want there to be, well, I don't know if there is, but I don't want there to be backlash against him. I think he's probably a good writer but this was not his lane to be in, I don't think. And that's not to say that he can't write for black people, but you can't write for black people about black struggles when you're not, you're just coming from what you think is happening and that's nowhere near what's happening. So I'm very, all that to say, all that to say, it was not a good movie. It was very much a play and I do enjoy plays and they are very dense when it comes to those types of plays. And I understand that, but this was not it for me and probably not for a lot of people. I think the acting was very good, a little bit overacted at times. And I think the cinematography was well. I think the cinematography was good as well, but overall the movie, I would give it a two out of 10. And that's all I will say on the matter. I am excited though to watch Promising Young Women. I'm probably gonna watch that either tomorrow or the next day and I will be discussing it on next week's episode and I do kind of have high hopes for this movie because it looks very good and I think the topic of the movie is very I don't know I think the topic of the movie is gonna be very interesting to discuss next week and maybe I'll have someone come on and discuss with me so we can talk back and forth we'll see make sure you watch Promising Young Woman if you get a chance also some other notable movies to watch if you haven't already I think you've already spoken about this movie Jungle Pieces of a Woman that has the girl from The Crown and Shia LaBeouf that I've heard that's a really good movie. And also I Care A Lot, which is on Netflix, which looks like a very good movie and has been nominated for a Golden Globe. So those are some other notable movies to watch because I will be discussing them in the next few episodes. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode of me just kind of going off on a lot of things and being a, some would call a negative Nancy, but it's also just called being an adult with opinions, okay? Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Make sure to go and follow Main Character Energy on the Instagrams. And I hope everyone has a wonderful week and they flourish in their lives. They get beautiful, gorgeous, glowing, baby-like skin. They have some cocktails. They just feel renewed. And goodbye, my dears.